Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Today is the day of no Rashad Taylor, so it is I, Mike Lynch, and Jesse Osmond sitting behind the glass with you until 11 o'clock today. Right here on Sports Sunday. I just looked down, so for those behind the scenes who or who are interested in behind the scenes stuff, there's a clock in here that is tied to our new board, and it's an automated clock. But the automated clock keeps gradually getting further and further behind the real clock. Uh, so right now it is 9.03 and 53 seconds in the morning, according to the real clock that I have in front of me. I have many clocks. Uh, but on the clock that is automated, it is 1.59. <laughs> I just looked down and saw that and went, wait a minute. This was last time I looked at this. This was five minutes behind, not eight hours behind. <laughs> so welcome into Entercom Portland's uh, fun new technology that always breaks really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Upgrade uh, from all that equipment from the 70s. Next thing you know, none of it works anymore. Yeah, we all we had this really, really old board that was. You're right from the 70s, 80s, something like that. I don't know when it when it was put in, but it was all analog based. So it was. You know, wires connecting to, uh, trust me, I'm going to sound like a moron talking about this. I don't know beyond what I saw. Lots of wires, a lot of wires. Tons of wires. Uh, connecting to like an adapter and that sent signals into an engineering room that triggered things to happen. That's That was my understanding of how the board generally worked. Now this board is all digital. So there's actually no wires apparently attached to the board at all. You could, or maybe there's like one, you can lift it and move it and it's not going to break literally everything in the building. But uh, so it's supposed to be doing great, but you know it's uh, it's not not so great. I mean, it works fine, but sometimes there's, there's a bunch of things that are broken, and they change from English letters to Japanese letters randomly, and then turn into big blocks. I don't know what's happening. So yeah, and the clock is now eight hours behind. <laughs> Who needs a clock when you're doing radio? You know what? If you ask Prime Time, they would say not us. I, I was just about <laughs> to say that Prime Time. <laughs> We did have this on uh, on Friday. I went in and sat on Dirt and Sprague for a second because they were doing hot pasta talk. And, of course, I'm very passionate about my food and my Italian food being where I'm from. And uh, the boss man goes, hey, they're, they're talking about you on the air because I had talked to them earlier about it. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll go in and see what they're doing. And I, I looked at my clock. Again, I'm going to say clock again. And it said 
And I went, isn't that their break time? He goes, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so even the boss man is understanding, and he he accepts it at this point. <laughs> uh, so we actually went, I think, for like nine extra minutes just talking pasta. And yeah. I was like, yeah, well. Just throw the clock out the window. Yeah, exactly. Just make, as long as you're done at the end of your show, top of the hour, you're good, right? There's, there's all the spots a, play. There's a lot more to it than that. But, yeah, technically, as long as you're done and all the spots play, you should be fine. Uh, anyway, so there's a little behind the curtain for you there for what's going on at the station right now. Uh, we are on until 11 o'clock this fine morning, and it is a beautiful morning out there as we are getting into some very nice weather, 90s this week. Jesse's going to be very happy with the 90-degree weather. Yeah. He can actually take his hoodie off for once. And- Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, we have uh, plenty of stuff to get to on the show today. Rashad is out. He's down in Los Angeles. He does this trip yearly. He brings he he works with teenagers and he brings uh usually once a year they go down to LA for uh, for a couple of days. So that is this weekend. So it is Jesse and I until eleven o'clock this morning. Uh, obviously, plenty of NBA finals that we're going to get to. I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard and just how amazing he truly is because I think. I think most of the talk this finals has been about the Warriors injuries and about why Kevin Durant isn't playing yet and the Klay Thompson injury and the Kevon Looney injury and Steph Curry trying to take over the games. It's been a lot of that. And I've heard, obviously, great stories about Kawhi Leonard. And there's even a really funny piece of satire I want to read for you at some point during the show. But I feel like he's kind of just skirting by somewhat unnoticed and dominating and that's kind of just what he does, but I want to give him some respect and love for that. So we'll talk about that. We will talk about the Warriors aspect of it as well as they're down three games to one. And still doesn't sound like Kevin Durant's going to be back tomorrow. So things might not be looking for good for Golden State this year. Uh, I might talk a little bit of baseball today. I also want to throw this out there. It's not really a sports topic, but it was in the news recently. I was thinking about this on the car ride in. Game shows because of the the James guy on Jeopardy who almost set the record for most money won, almost beat Ken Jennings, uh, but did it in like 60 less days because of uh, the way he played the game. But So it's fascinating when someone does really well at a game show. But also, right now, there's a ton of game shows coming back and, you know, modern hosts being put back on the main channels again. And I was sitting there thinking about it in the car, and I just simply asked the question, why do we, and maybe it's just Americans, but why do we as humans love game shows so much? There's so many of them, so many, 20, 30, 40 different types of game shows on TV that you can watch. There's a whole network based around it called the Still Game Show Still watching network. them from the 70s all over again. Exactly. You know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune every night, 7 and 7.30 on, on ABC. You can watch that, and a lot of people do every single night, and it's great. It's great content. But why do we like it so much? It's other people answering questions that you have no say in. And I was thinking about that. So we'll get to that at some point in the show. That might be next. That might be later. We'll figure it out as we go. But uh, that's all coming up on the show today. You can interact with us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. The station's at 1080 The Fan. And then Rashad, who is in Los Angeles, is at TaylorMade503. You can also text the Better You Today text line at 553 zero five and uh, since it is just us two today all of your texts will be read that's a lie <laughs> but if you want to text it and be part of the conversation i will certainly use your text way more as uh at, just to to fill the dead air as i as i go solo with with jesse today so feel free to text in during the show at uh, the better you today text line at five five three zero five but um 
Also, L.A., I was thinking about this in the car, too. Car thoughts on the way in. I've never been to Los Angeles. and Not missing much. Well, that's what I've heard. <laughs> well, I mean, you're missing the, the coolest theme parks, but. Well, okay, so that's what I've heard, right? I, and that's technically Anaheim, right? So it's not yeah. really in L.A. Everyone always wants to go to L.A. and move to L.A. and visit L.A. And yet every person I've talked to goes, eh, you don't really need to go there. Most disgusting airport I've ever been in is LAX. Whoa. Like by far. You've I mean, it's not even, not even close, <laughs> right? Definitely the scariest neighborhoods I've been into. Um, the drive down is just awful. If you've ever dri- driven down to like LA. From here? From here. Uh, it's it, You know, you drive through Oregon. There's, there's lots of breaks between cities, scenery to look at. And as soon as you get to Sacramento, it's just city all the way down to L.A. There's like, yes, there's barely any breaks. There's not a lot of scenery to look at. You could just get a look at a lot of cars, a lot of a lot of city, a lot of just because I was was imagining that central California was pretty wide open, isn't it? Well, it's more northern L.A. It's no man. Once you get to San Francisco, because then then you start doing the um, just everything goes down the coast from there. Like, there's just basically no break all along the coast from San Francisco all the way down to, like, uh, um, San Diego. I'm assuming you're just taking five. It, it, you know, or 101. But, yeah, I-5 is what I've I've done that drive a couple times, and it just it blew me away because you, you go through Northern California. It's a lot like Oregon, you know. It's, it's still very sparse, not a lot of population, and you get to Sacramento. It's just – it actually, in, in a way, it almost kind of speeds up the drive because – Oh, yeah, because we did the San Francisco drive. And the second you get to Sacramento, there's it's just constant stimulus. Yeah. Because we went through, I'm going to forget the name of the city, um, but there's a really, really massive suburb that has a huge mall that, uh, Vacayville, that's what it was. And that's right next to Sacramento. And you're like, oh, we're in the suburbs of San Francisco already? Right. And then you're just constantly in towns all the way until San Francisco. Yeah. Very, very interesting. But uh, it did go very fast from that point. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is because there is a lot of stimuli being thrown at you there, there, but it's just to, to me, it's, uh, it's dry. It's, you know, there, there's just a lot of dust. So it feels dirty everywhere. Um, and it's just a dang expensive place. So it sounds just, like a very Pacific Northwest kid of you to say it too. Yeah. It's dusty. <laughs> I want my clouds and rain. Damn it. Well, now granted, I do prefer Southern Oregon or I mean, Southern southeastern oregon over this side but it's it's more of the it's the appearance i think all that dust like i said makes things seem very dirty there hmm. but well, lax itself man I, I think you'll find there's a lot of people who basically think that's the worst airport on the face of the planet the worst airport i've ever been to is LaGuardia in new york um i've never been to lax so i can't argue what what is worse or better but LaGuardia is awful well to the text awful. line we go right if anyone has been to both or a worse airport Feel free to text the Better You Today text line at 55305. All right, let's get into the NBA Finals next. I'll save the game show talk for a little bit later in the show. Um, I want to start with Kawhi Leonard and just what he's been able to do this postseason and how quietly it feels like he's been able to do it because everyone everywhere else is all these crazy stories. All these other teams are getting more talked about, but yet here's Kawhi doing what he always does, being quiet. Boardman gets paid and just uh, scoring 30 points a game and leading the Raptors to one game within, away from their first ever NBA title. So we'll talk about that next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. 
Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Toronto leads Golden State three games to one in the NBA Finals. Game five is tomorrow as we continue the stupidity of two days off between games. Except for the one on Friday that had one game off in between it. Uh, the worst that this is by far the worst thing about the NBA final or the NBA playoffs is when you get to the finals and you've been watching playoffs for two months already that we're getting two days off between every single game. I, I understand there's probably a reason for it with the resting of players and you want there to be good basketball being played. And at this point in the postseason, uh, all the players are just tired, dead, dead, tired. So maybe that's the reason is you give them two days off. So each game looks better on TV, which, you know, makes sense. I just as a viewer, it really kills the momentum of the series. Yeah, it really, uh, the momentum of the series has been done. It, it really stretches out the length of the entire playoffs in general. Um, um, but, but it's 3-1 Raptors, and we've had two days to think about the fact that unless there's another 3-1 comeback, which has happened, and the Warriors have been involved in two of them, one loss, one win, um, the, the Raptors are going to win the finals on the back of Kawhi Leonard. The risk that they took this preseason by trading away one of their two key pieces in DeMar DeRozan to San Antonio to take a chance on a one year left on his contract, Kawhi Leonard, to see if he'll resign, might lead them to an NBA title. And that, to me, is proof right there that you need to take that risk no matter what team you are looking at you, Neil O'Shea to try to get your team over the hump. Because I know they're in the East. I know it's a different animal, but it worked for the Raptors. And, hell, Kawhi might even stay in Toronto. And then all of a sudden, both guys, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who were acquired and thought to leave, would stay at the team that they got traded to. <laughs> um, but Kawhi has been absolutely fantastic so far in the playoffs. And I was just looking through his game log. A, I forgot that they played the Magic in the first round of the playoffs. B, I forgot they played the Sixers in the second round of the playoffs. That's how long ago it was. Yeah. But Kawhi Leonard is averaging 31 points a game in these playoffs so far. He's shooting 49.8% from the floor, so 50% from the floor. And when you watch him play, nothing he does feels chaotic, out of place, or rushed. Everything is very, very, very smooth and thought out and efficient, and it feels correct. The way Kawhi Leonard plays the game is just, he's solid. He's obviously amazing, and he's able to score with the best of them now, uh, which was probably always the case, but we're seeing it on the biggest stage again since his injury when he was with the Spurs. But to me, it's it's the way that he plays is almost the reason why he's undervalued, because all of a sudden you look up and Kawhi's got 30 points, and you're like, wait a minute. He just hit one three and had a couple of layups and all of a sudden, oh, he's at 30. Oh, God. You're like focusing on Van Vliet shooting threes or Danny Green running the floor. Hell, you're focused on the Warriors in the finals. And next thing you know, Kawhi Leonard is strangling you and you're losing the game. I don't know what other reason it is that we seem to it doesn't it maybe undervalues the wrong word, but we just kind of seem to accept the fact that Kawhi is great, but don't rave about it. We should be really raving about Kawhi Leonard in these finals because he's been incredible. It we're uh we like sensation in our society. We, we like sensationalism. So so he doesn't he doesn't scream that. He's a he's kind of a who what's call Colin Karam, one of like one of the bore guys. Like he's just boring. 
but that's kind of a, a good thing because all he wants to do is play basketball. All he wants to do is win. And that's led to a, a work ethic that's turned into a guy that's calm, cool, collected, and precise in all of his movements on the basketball court and has turned him into one of the best players in the NBA. It's just that that's why I was telling you during the break, it's like Toronto's the best fit for him. He just gets to be up there and just be Kawhi. And I, I think up there, he's a big sensation. They love him in Canada, but down here, he's just another NBA player and he's not a like a super diva NBA player. So we find him boring. We don't find him very fascinating and he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And in reality is, is he's possibly the best basketball player in the NBA now. And, and we didn't notice that because one, he went away last year for, with a hamstring injury, came back this year. It's just, it's the sign. It's the same thing. Things happen in the NBA. Kevin Durant goes to golden state. What's happens um, you see Steph Curry kind of take a step back. He's not quite the Steph you remember. Kevin Durant gets hurt. Oh, this is the Steph we remember. Kawhi goes away for a year. When he went away, before he went away, people thought of him as one of those guys that this is a guy that could take over as, Le- as LeBron when he's done. And just one year removed, uh, yeah, he's a great player, but. Right. I think the thing, too, that you said there that's interesting, a couple of things. The first one is about Toronto being a good fit for him. I'm I'm nervous to say that Toronto is does not have that big city feel because obviously it does. It's the largest city in Canada, and there's a gigantic population of Raptors fans there. But if you saw there was a funny Jimmy Kimmel video of them going to Toronto fans, asking them to trash talk the Warriors, and all of them said, no, 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 we don't do that here. There's no trash talk. I respect the hell out of that team. They're really, really good. And despite being such a large city, which generally leads to – kind of a tough fan base in a lot of the cities that are very big and have big teams. The Raptors seem to just have a really, really passionate fan base that just is genuinely nice and cares about the team. So in that sense, it would fit Kawhi Leonard perfectly because he would never get the media blow up locally. Nationally, he might, especially if they win the finals. But in Toronto, it's not going to be some sort of gigantic ego boost for him because they're all, they seem at least, outside of Drake, they seem all so... Even keeled? That's a great word, even keeled. I was going to say calm, but yeah, even keeled as fans. Yeah, they kind of well, understand they get it, unless it's the Maple Leafs, I hear. It's fun. The Maple Leafs, they're a little bit crazy. You get to keep hearing the questions asked of all these different media guys that are on, you know, on, on national radio, on local radio stations of, you know, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, there's a lot of rumors. Maybe he's going to leave. Maybe he's going to go to L.A. He's got a house there. Uh, uh, and then, you know, all... All the responses. I, I I'm gonna say it. it's like they all were were coached to say the same thing. All these guys, they don't care. They're just happy to be here. They're they're just win or lose. They're happy to be in a place that they've never been before as a fan base, and that is just so cool. And how would you not want that from your fans as uh, as a player? Like the pressure there has got to be so low because they're just happy to be there. Now, granted. Things turn out Golden State originally was just happy to be there, right? They that were this, changed quickly. That changed very quickly. And from like I was teasing there, the I think Maple Leafs fans are a little bit crazy. Yes. Because the NHL is the national sport. Uh, well, hockey is the national sport of Canada, obviously. And for for that franchise, which used to be great in original six, has really fallen on hard times. And I think the fans up there hate that. So if the Raptors stay good and all of a sudden they become a regular contender in the finals, that might change. But at least for now, it does seem like a good fit for Kawhi. 
we did get a text on the Better You Today text line talking about how he hated Kawhi because of how he deserted the Spurs and how his entourage or family did all his talking for him. And that is that is an interesting side of Kawhi Leonard. Everything that you see from him as a player is very understated, very reserved, very calm, awkward at times with that laugh. But the whole Spurs thing was weird with his uncle as his business manager and how it was just a quad or a hamstring injury and he couldn't play through it. And he sat out an entire season and, and basically ruined the Spurs season just to protect his injury and then essentially forced a trade to Toronto. And it just it does not fit Kawhi Leonard's personality that we know, but that could, I suppose, exist in the background. I mean, it, it can't, in my opinion, it can't all be his family. Then he's just too reserved to say anything about it. He's got to have some feelings that are similar to that uh, or else he would stop them from doing things like that, or at least he would have when, when he was back in San Antonio. Well, that's the interesting thing about him. He's kind of a... He's a conundrum, right? Like, the the one thing that I think is different about when he was in San Antonio and the rumors came out is that eventually he kind of came out and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to leave. Uh, that that ev- He eventually confirmed that. At no point has he ever come out and said, I'm, go- I'm going to L.A., I want to leave Toronto. Um, he's never fed into that at any point. That's all been media created and honest admittedly the media says yeah we this is what we think he's going to do probably really helps drive the numbers a little bit a little bit of clickbait there and trying to push the idea of Kawhi leaving but in reality we have no idea he's confirmed nothing and he's just been doing the same thing he always does nice and quiet playing the game practicing working hard and in reality, I'm not going to be at all surprised if he stays in Toronto. Uh, me neither. Me neither. And I I also wonder, and this might not be necessarily true. It could be more of a timing thing. But I wonder if the allure of the big cities is fading a little bit because we're in a day and age now where it doesn't really matter where you play. As long as your team is good, you're going to get some coverage, right? And you can look at the Portland Trailblazers as a perfect example of that. You know, locally, obviously, we get all the coverage of the Blazers that we want and need. But you started to see this year the national pundits and the coverage. Damian Lillard was everywhere nationally. So, sure, it's a small market. It has always been a small market, although it's growing. Most people look at Portland as a non-free agent destination, and it probably still is. But I think times they are a change in a little bit where you don't need to be in L.A. or New York to get the all that attention and marketing advantage that you want obviously you'll still get more if you're good in those cities but i think because of the way media has changed social media and the 24 7 news cycle that anybody in any market if you're playing well can get coverage john wall when the wizards were good was getting coverage i mean not that dc is a small market but the wizards are a team that don't tend to get a lot of coverage um you know victor oladipo was getting a lot of coverage with the pacers this year when he was really good before he got hurt you know, you start to see those things happen. Paul George did an OKC, Kawhi obviously in Toronto now. So I, I wonder if the allure of the those cities is going down and the P, the teams that take a risk on signing a guy like, say, Anthony Davis this year, or trading for him, I should say, maybe it's not as much of a risk as it would have been just five years ago to hope that that guy doesn't leave after one year. 
No, and if, if Kawhi doesn't leave and, and then after, um, I mean, just after seeing it work for a couple teams, you know, in the back of the head, Portland fans would be like, we would do this and it wouldn't work for us. Yeah, but uh, but at, at the same you time, I think that's try. I it is, and that's right. I think it would be at least a try, and I think that's just kind of the defeatist attitude of coming, like that kind of comes out of small markets sometimes. But the the mentality of small markets can't keep superstars anymore is very much fading. The times are changing, you know. I I, I think all all more and more often you're seeing that not the the old worn out superstar like the Robert Ories they just come in and and shoot a a three at the end of his career for a, a couple title teams not that that's what he was his entire career um but you know at the end he was a three point shooter like that's what he was yeah, but now you can find a guy who's still in his prime granted at towards the end of his prime but in his prime that's willing to come play for a little bit more money because he's he's made money and he's ready to win and and the idea that you can't get that in a market like portland is is insane because you know you just look at a guy like jimmy butler who's been frustrated everywhere 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 i think a lot of the places he's been have haven't had the cohesion that you have in a place like portland and I think when I would you, love if Jimmy Butler somehow right? was a blazer. I just don't expect that. I, I don't expect it either, but it makes sense. This is a guy who's been frustrated everywhere he's been and places that he's been has not, they haven't been known to have um, great front offices. They haven't been known to have great cultures and they haven't been known to be getting better and better every year. Well, that's everything that Portland has right now. It has, you have stability in your front office. You have a culture that is probably considered one of the best, if not the best in the NBA you and you, you have continued to win and you continue to make playoffs and it's real easy to look and see man this this team is a piece away from at least being a conference title contender every year it just needs that piece and that could be me got this text in the better you today text and i wanted someone to take out the warriors clearly is looking like that guy talking about Kawhi. not super into him or the raptors but he's a non-bragging star without a police sheet he's what we've wanted that is true we did want someone to take out the Warriors that we could root for and like, and I guess Kawhi Leonard does fit that bill. I think the funniest part about this is he, he, there was an article that came out about how or why he's as reserved as he is. I can't remember where it was. I want to say Sports Illustrated or something. Where, and we talked about this on primetime this week where he would basically, on defense, if someone tried to shoot, he would just say, no, nope. Someone to miss, miss a shot, nope. When he shot and scored, all he would say to them is, buckets. Bucket, buckets, and when he would get rebounds, all he would say is "boardman gets paid," board, boardman gets paid. He's so focused and boring that it's kind of become a little bit funny. That it actually led to a satirical post that people thought was real, based on what we've read. And I just want to read it for you before we go to break. It was from a comedian on Twitter, and he he posted this as if it was from a real article. While with the Spurs, Kawhi was known for his love of red apples. One time after practice, everyone decided to go out for a team dinner. When it was turn, when it was his turn to order, Kawhi waved off the waiter and instead pulled out a bag of 12 apples. Coach Popovich asked what he was doing, and Kawhi simply replied, apple time, apple time. He then ate all 12 apples with a knife and a fork. <laughs> and people thought that was real. I was seeing quote tweets of like, wait, 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 wait. This is real? Because it's believable. Right. It's so ridiculous, but believable because Kawhi Leonard is like that. Now, he wouldn't say apple time, apple time at a dinner table, which is the true giveaway. That's more of the basketball fun that we were hearing with Boardman gets uh, gets paid. Right. But 
Kawhi Leonard is becoming so interesting to people that he's becoming satire already. That's the funny part. So I just wanted to throw that out there as we continue to talk a little Kawhi Leonard. All right, coming up next, I do want to get into the Warriors aspect of this as well. Uh, we still have not seen Kevin Durant play. I'm honestly a little bit surprised by that. And to all those people that said the Warriors were better without Kevin Durant, well, here you are. That's next. First, Jesse S. Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Shameless plug, Bears on Us podcast out every Thursday, 4 o'clock. Myself and Patrick Harris. Last week's episode was a good episode. We discussed Portland Beer Week as well as really break down the three-way IPA from Fort George, which honestly was not very good. And we had an experiment during the beer of the week that turned out to look really bad for that beer. So it's actually a really interesting listen. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that yet and you listen to the podcast, that is up from last Thursday. And if you haven't listened to the podcast and you like craft beer in Portland, then uh, check it out on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, and then rate and subscribe and review wherever you find it. Thanks. Okay. More NBA Finals. The Warriors down 3-1 to the Raptors. Just spent some time talking about Kawhi and kind of the intriguing aspect of him but I was thinking about this and I actually went back and I looked at the box scores from the 2014-15 NBA finals so that was the year they won it without Kevin Durant because the year after that they lost 4-3 they blew the 3-1 lead and then they got KD and obviously we've seen what what's happened since then but I was curious because a lot of people were saying the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. I think that was partially taken out of context by most people or said in the incorrect way because I think the the thought was probably more the Warriors feel more like the old Warriors without him. They're passing the ball. Like the, sty- the style's better. It's better. Yeah. And it's more fun to watch. I think that's kind of, at least that's what I hope, that's what most people meant. That's what I meant when I when I thought that. Although I don't think I said the term better. But, uh, you know, the Warriors are more fun to watch without Kevin Durant. Durant's great. He's fun to watch. But he's all isolation basketball. And it really grinds the offense to a halt for the Warriors, which is so fast and fun. So the thought process was that's just a more fun style to play. But I also did think, honestly, that that style might work better in a series against a team like Toronto, whose defense is so good, because you're moving the ball around a lot and you're trying to find the open shooter, which eventually there will be an open shooter, you would think, against any NBA team if you keep moving the ball around. That hasn't really been the case against Toronto. Now, obviously, they've scored points and Steph Curry has been really, really good, especially a couple games ago when he scored over 40 points. But the the Raptors defense is just so dang long and good that it makes me think that maybe if KD was there, it would, it would actually be better for the series. Obviously I'm I'm talking strategically, obviously him coming back would be amazing for them because he's the best player in the NBA, but his length and isolation might actually cause issues for the Raptors defense because he could actually be long enough to shoot over them, which is what no one else has been able to do. Um, But I was looking back at the old finals because I was wondering about this. 
is the reason I think the Warriors are struggling as mightily as they are right now. It doesn't have to do with Steph Curry. It doesn't have to do with Klay Thompson. It doesn't have to do with Draymond Green, to me at least. He's still, although he's not scoring like he was a couple of years ago, he's still putting up close to triple doubles and making an impact on defense. It's just that when you have so many high-paid players in your team, it's almost impossible to field a good bench and a good unit of secondary players. In 2014-15, in game six, where they won 4-2, final game of the series, you obviously still have Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but you have a four-year, five-year younger Andre Iguodala who put up 25 points in that game. Key. You have a five-year younger Sean Livingston who put in big 32 minutes in that game. You have Harrison Barnes who put in a good 35 minutes in that game. Oh, yeah, that was huge. Uh, Made big money. And you also on that team, although in this game, made less of an impact, uh, although Festus Azili had 10 points in that game. Remember him? Blazer signed him. (laughs) That was a fun signing. Uh, You had Leandro Barbosa. You had Maurice Spates. Uh, You also had Andrew Bogut on that team. He just didn't play in the final game. So you had a better supporting cast of players. So you lose Kevin Durant, and you're like, okay, fine. We've still got our three main guys. But Iguodala's been playing through an injury this year in the finals and has not been anywhere near as good. Sean Livingston is a shell of himself at this point. He's no, you know, five years is a huge difference for a guy who was already older at that point to to play like Sean Livingston. He's been putting in 15, 20 minutes. You know, last game he was a minus 14 when he was out there. And with the injuries he's had, you know, you just get older quicker. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who started last game but was not the starter, has had one good game in the series and else, elsewhere has looked fat and out of shape and like he didn't fully recover from the quad injury or didn't give himself enough time to come back from that to be effective on the floor. Right. Um, you know, you've got a five years older Andrew Bogut who has to play because of some injuries. You've got uh, Alfonso McKinney, who's not that good. Quinn Cook can hit the three, but he was he's super inconsistent. You got Jonas Jerebko. For some reason, they stopped playing Jordan Bell. The the secondary players in the Warriors are no longer impactful, and I think that's the biggest thing you're seeing is you you know Katie is out. You've seen them win two series without Kevin Durant, and then you go, well, wait a minute. You, they're going to be able to win without them. And then you look at the rest of the team and go, once you get to the finals against the best other team in the East, that's not going to cut it. Because the Raptors are getting a lot of a lot from their bench. A lot. Serge Ibaka is playing great. Van Fleet, or I always say Fleet. Van Vliet is playing great. They've had a Patrick McCaw game. Uh, you know, Pascal Siakam is making a name for himself in these playoffs. It's not just Kawhi and Kyle Lowry or whoever the secondary player it is you want to say it's probably Siakam now but he we didn't know up until going to the finals and their bench is good the Warriors don't really have that beyond their their three guys I I I don't know about that necessarily now I you know when you think about the first round the second round even against the Blazers that there were moments that guys off the benches were having big games and you're going who is this guy and those those moments start going away more and more as you start losing guys like Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Iggy starts hobbling around out there. And, and all that he defense. Healthy, he's not as good as he used to be. That's right. So all that defense that was focused on Kevin Durant during the playoffs up until he left and all that defense that was 
focused on Clay Thompson. Oh, we don't have to focus that much because his hamstring can pop at any point. So he's not going to be as explosive. He's not going to be as worrisome out there. You you got Iggy out there. Oh, well, he can. he's ho- literally hobbing, hobbling. You don't have to worry about him as much. Draymond Green, he's really good, but we're not worried about him beating us per se, right? So you look at it, and it's like, oh, all that defense, all of a sudden that was so focused on all these other guys gets spread around a little bit more, and all these guys that were open in other games and had much better situations because you had these all NBA players around him at all times. They're not there anymore. That defense gets focused on him. And all of a sudden, guess what? Just like when they leave the Golden State Warriors and go to like Memphis or something, they look human again. They're they're not they 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 look like they were. They're a second round pick or an undrafted NBA player. That is great credit to Steve Kerr. It is he- a big credit to Steve Kerr, but it's also a credit to the all NBA players they have around him and and the defense that you have to focus on them and not everybody else. I think one thing that people like to do is they like to rag on Steve Kerr for not being a good head coach. They're saying, look, anybody could do that with this team. Uh, I mean, not anybody. Luke Walton did do it with this team, but he was also an assistant already. But, I mean, I don't think that's true. No. He's turning really average players, like Jesse's saying, into impactful players for the team, and he's running a system that is, you know, I I guess up until this point nearly impossible to guard. So you got to give him some credit. A lot of people like to rag on Steve Kerr, but I don't I don't think you should. There's a couple of texts I want to get to when we come back next. And also, is this the final game or two or three that we will see of this Golden State Warriors franchise the way that we currently know it? Or even if KD leaves, will they bring back Klay Thompson and still be able to build and be one of the best teams in the West? That's next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. <laughs> Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.50 here on your Sunday morning. Rashad is out in L.A. this week. He'll be back next week. Jesse and I holding down the fort until 11 o'clock. Coming up next hour, I want to talk a little bit of baseball. I feel attacked by Big Souk on Twitter today. Um, I want to do a little game show talk. And we've got Hater or Love It coming up at 10.30 as well. But we'll wrap up our number one. As we wrap up our NBA talk for the show, unless there's someone hated to love it, which which there might be. But I want to read this text that said the proper way to word it is Golden State plays a better brand of basketball without KD. That's probably the, the best way to say it. It's just more fun to watch when he's not playing. But he goes on to say KD would occupy Kawhi's attention the whole game and not allow him to roam and do anything he wants. This is the only team in the NBA that they need KD for. And I think that's a great point because Kawhi would be guarding Kevin Durant and vice versa. I think it's really easy to say that KD is a bad defender or forget that he's a good defender at least because he's so thin and he's so focused on offense or at least the, the attention he gets is all in offense that you just kind of forget that he's also an above average defender. He's long. He's really, really annoying to get by. And sure, he doesn't have the size of a great defender like, hell, Kawhi Leonard, but he's really good. And it would affect Kawhi, at least in terms of the impact he could have on the entire game. He still might score 40 points or 30 points and still might even play great defense on Kevin Durant, but he wouldn't be able to be everywhere. That's the thing about Kawhi this series is he's everywhere. Every loose ball right there. 
every block shot right there, every rotation on defense right there. He's always there. And I don't know if he'd be able to do the same thing. It's a great text if KD was playing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is the only team that, that they would need KD to kind of, uh, for the fact that they'd be outmatched at that position. You know, you think about the fact that the Greek freak would have made it this far, probably, you know, I'm I'm thinking he might be doing something similar to what Kawhi did, um, just in the fact that I don't know who on Golden State would have would have guarded him either. So I think either way, KD would have been a huge loss for whoever came out of the East this this series. It's just it that position there. There's just nobody else on Golden State that can really that, that can guard it. The only thing with Giannis is, as we found out, is he really can't shoot. So you can play team defense that really affects him by kind of clogging the paint and just making him take tough shots or forcing him to take threes or jumpers, which he's not very good at taking at this point. I think you'll find that that'll change. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Giannis is great. He's a great player. He's one of the best in the NBA. He will work on that shot every offseason until it gets to a point where it's trustworthy. Well, going back to that conversation, there was a point in time where people were wondering if Giannis, this this last season, if he was the best player in the NBA, because that is a huge conversation, a topic. He probably will win MVP this year, if we're being honest. Um, but in terms of best player, sure, he's up there, right? Yeah, he's up there. He's not the best player, Kevin but Durant, yes, he's Kevin up Durant's there. number one, I think, but... Um, I yeah. personally don't think there is a best player in the NBA. Well, how right dare now. you not have a hot take opinion, Jesse? Ah, uh, <laughs> I think it kind of is a hot take that I'm like, there is no best player. You have no, it's more a of a re- Mount Rushmore of players right now, as far milk as toast take milk toast, milk toast. Wrong space force. Um, but yeah, so it, if you if you get Giannis to have a shot, then all of a sudden you wouldn't be able to do that. That's why I think Kawhi has been so good in the series. Is sure his strength is. I mean, he's got a lot of strengths, but you would think his strength is, you know, getting inside and being a big, long defender and, you know, having his little floater game. But when he takes a three, man, it goes in. You watch his three pointers and they sometimes they look a little weird. You're like, oh, that's a little bit too straight. Nope. Perfect swish. Perfect shot. And you would not have that with Giannis. And that's why I think maybe this is the only team that would cause KD or to say that they'd need KD 100 percent. When it's kind of you. You said earlier about how when he he's on the floor, he just looks so crisp and calm and control, and he's just kind of almost like a machine out there. And when when I watch him play, he he reminds me a lot of like this is what I think Brandon Roy would have been if he would have been huge and athletic the way that Kawhi Leonard is, because I think that they both just it, that's what made b roy so great his ability to play cool calm collected he played with a precision because when every time i looked at him i was like he's not the most athletic guy out there in fact i actually think he looks like one of the more unathletic guys as far as the nba plays on the court but he always found a way because of his precision and that's what you have in Kawhi is this guy who can play with that level but he's also got all world athleticism to go along with it and take him to, to the level where he's literally single-handedly beating teams in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the NBA Finals all on his own. It, it's it's insane. Is this the end of the Warriors as we know it? Obviously, I think Kevin Durant is leaving. We have, I think we all know that. We don't know where. Um, and I, I guess there have been still some rumors or reports out there. You can never really tell the difference at this point that maybe he would consider staying. But he's a free agent, and Clay Thompson's a free agent after this year. There's also been rumors and reports that Clay would consider staying or wants to stay. 
Although part of me really thinks that Clay would leave to go be, you know, his own guy on his own team. Like Clippers? Yeah. Although if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, then he's not going to be his own guy there right. either. Um, but are, are we actually seeing the end of this Warriors? And if so, are we enjoying it enough? Or are we just so happy that finally they're going to be gone because they've been dominating the West for so many years that we're not really taking in the fact that this could be the end? I think if this is the end, it's going to really change the narrative of this franchise going forward as far as how we look back on their quote-unquote dynasty and the fact that you look at how they lost that, that series up three to one. Was that? That's very British of you to say, okay. Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they lost three one uh, when they were up three one to Cleveland, and they probably dropped a couple finals where you thought they should have won against Cleveland teams that were literally just all LeBron or just LeBron and Kyrie and Dave and and Kevin Love was kind of there for. He was just kind of there, but still managed to get by these guys. I think they're they're gonna people are gonna look back and be like, oh, they're not as great as we thought they were. We made them out to be this great thing, and they lost to Toronto, and they kept losing to LeBron, and they needed KD to get those two straight. And look what happened once they lost KD for that third one. They didn't get it, and they not only did they not get it, they're face planting in the in the NBA Finals. They got swept at Oracle Arena. Those might be the last two games ever played at that arena. Let's think about that one. I know. Like, like this might change the entire narrative of the way we look back on these guys. It's insane. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what we are as a culture right now, as a sports culture is, you know, very, very reactionary to the most recent thing. But I know a lot of us, uh, me included, I, I very much dislike that the Warriors win it every year because I, f- I feel like it makes the sport boring and predictable. Right. Um, but part of me also tries at least to still enjoy the fact that we got to watch one of the greatest teams ever created and made or put together in our lifetimes. Changed the way the NBA was played. It really did. And if, if this is the end, then I feel like we're going to get another super team that will probably dominate at some point. You know, the free agency this year could has the potential to be nuts, but Maybe it'll open it up for a little while, which will be that much better for fans of the Blazers and other teams that are more in the middle to see if they can put their stamp down on the history of this league before another team kind of turns into a super team. Because the NBA has always been a super team league. Right. Even before super teams were created with with all of the money and free agents that you have now, there's only so many teams that have won an NBA final. No, so, I mean, you got nothing super about Toronto as far as super team in the way that we know them right. constructed. You got Kawhi and everybody else, right? So if right? they win, that's awesome. Yes. And it's more like the Pistons winning in the early 2000s as an outlier, unless the Warriors fade or get rid of half their players or they decide not to come back, however you want to say it. And you get maybe a couple of years of some fighting to see who's going to be dominant. Because that, to me, is what would it, maybe not save the NBA, but it would make it the regular season that much more interesting and the whole playoffs that much more interesting. Well, it, you would automatically go into next year, one, thinking in the West, like let, Kevin Durant leaves and Clay Thompson leaves, and let's say Kevin Durant goes to the East, right? Because that's where we're thinking he'd probably go, and like New Nixon Jersey or, or something whatever. or yeah. New York or whatever. And then you have Clay Thompson. Let's say he joins the Clippers, and maybe Anthony Davis goes to L.A., right? You're starting to see all these moves. So Golden State starting to come back down to the pack. 
Portland's kind of where they are. Houston's kind of where they are. If they don't press the eject button like like crazy, I mean, not that they necessarily can, but you all of a sudden look at it and you're like, the West, man, there's literally six teams that could come out of the West if things work out that way where if they, they work don't out evenly. Yes, yeah. they don't work out because the way the way I just said, you don't have a super team being created. Like, yeah, sure, you got you got LeBron and Anthony Davis in LA, but what they have to give up to get them. So all of a sudden you have a shell of a team all around those two superstars. I think the the one team that I think is the most interesting is is the Clippers because how good they were without any sort of superstar on the team. And then you add a guy like Clay Thompson who plays all NBA defense and is uh, probably extremely underappreciated offensively because of who plays next to him at the guard position. That that team's really interesting next year. All right, we got to go because we are well, well over here. Apologies for that. Coming up next hour, hate or love at 1030. Uh, I feel attacked about baseball, but I want to do a quick little segment on game shows because I was having a car thought on the way in, and I think it's kind of interesting. That's next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.